We are here because we are dedicated to helping members of our community build lean, strong bodies and confident, resilient minds. Determined to elevate the lives of working professionals, stay-at-home parents, and anyone who is ready to level up their life. Our invigorating group fitness classes, practical nutrition programs, and authentic coaches help ignite your life. Find a place that believes in you. Find a place that challenges you. Find CrossFit Southpaw. All right, and welcome to the Southpaw Spotlight. We are here at episode 11 with Jennifer Carlson. This is the first episode we've recorded since the show officially went live on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun stuff. And we're really excited to have Jennifer here. Jennifer has uh, been a longtime member since we opened over two years ago, and she's currently um, a professor at, at Hamlin University here in St. Paul. So Jennifer, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Um, let's start out real quick, Jennifer. Tell us a little bit uh, more about what you do at Hamlin. I know uh, you help kind of prepare teachers um, as they kind of enter the, the workplace, but let's hear a little bit more about your side of things. Sure. Um, I'm a professor at Hamlin. This is my 16th year there, and I work with all graduate level students. So most of them are practicing teachers who want to come back for a master's degree or an additional license. And so I work with them in their programs. Um, occasionally I will work with um, aspiring teachers and they are mostly people who have had careers in other areas and then suddenly get a calling to become a teacher and they really wanna work with kids and um, work within educational organizations. So for example, this fall, I will be working with, I think five um, student teachers. So they'll be out in schools doing their internships and then I'll be mentoring and supporting them through that process. That's, that's great. So you're on more the, 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 the practical side. Once people have gained some experience, had some gotten out and worked, you're kind of that next step where they hone in on what they've learned so far or have kind of really narrowed down what they want to do. Right, exactly. I don't work with undergraduate students um, at all. I, I have in the past, but since I've been at Hamlin, I've worked with all um, seasoned veteran type of teachers that come back. And then, um, like I said, some newer ones that um, decide education is for them and what they were doing was not what their life goal or dream was. Yeah, that's, uh, of course, I relate everything to, to CrossFit in some way, shape or form. But uh, one thing that I've learned a lot about CrossFitters uh, as an affiliate owner is that most people that join our gym uh, it's not their first rodeo with fitness. They start in other places and CrossFit is usually one of the last stops. Uh, so we see two, two types of people that reach out to the gym, new to fitness or previous fitness experience. And most of them fall into the latter camp. And what we find is that they, they come in with a wide variety of uh, preconceived notions or other experiences that then add to kind of the flavor of the, the, the class or um, of the uh, gym, gym culture overall. And I'm sure that you have a very kind of um, wide variety of people who have a lot of real life experience, which is different than what you'd see in an undergraduate environment. Yeah, very much so. And it really makes for um, interesting discussion because when people start thinking about how they want to uh, work with, learn from, and influence kids. Um, they've got a lot of different background experiences that they can bring to the table. We have a lot of people who um, have either worked or traveled internationally. Um, 
I most recently we had um, a chemist at 3M uh -huh. who decided it was time for a career change and decided to become a, a chemistry teacher. Um, so we've got lots of different people that have um, either dabbled or they've done different types of things, and then they bring that expertise and interest into their into their teaching, which really makes for a rich learning environment for the students. Yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. And the, one of the things I really like that um, you talked about on, um, in one of the articles online is you talk about uh, kind of blurring the distinction between teacher and student, that we're all kind of both of them, right? And I love that concept as a coach. I think that uh, there are a lot of times that I try to be an athlete and vice versa that I'm learning from people in our classes. And it's when you can live in that in more of an interdependent way, I think that's one of the... Um, one of the indicators that you've reached kind of a, a, a more um, mature level in life, right? It doesn't have to be all or nothing or all one direction. It can kind of give and take and we can grow together. Oh my gosh, 100%. Um, at Hamlin, we really talk about this in our education department, but I, I, this is part of my teaching philosophy that, you know, that growth mindset, um, somebody always has something that they can teach someone else, no matter mm -hmm. age, um, experience, social historical experience that they bring to the table. Um, and that's really important because I think specifically in education, and I think this transfers over maybe into coaching too, is um, we're not, you know, giving the information. It's about constructing that information together. Wow. And, um, you know, there are more knowledgeable others where that you need to learn from, but it's that reciprocal back and forth. What can I learn from you? What have you learned from me? What do we learn together? And then yeah, what can I yeah. teach you? And I think just being, having that, that mindset, I love the growth mindset stuff. And, um, but it, it, one of the things that it does is it gives you an awareness to look for opportunities for growth, right? Rather than, and I guess this is the classic definition of it to a certain extent, but rather than taking someone's suggestion as, as criticism, right? It's like, Hey, this is a way that we could make it even better. And, looking for that constant, you know, advancement. It's not a, a zero sum game or a black and white game. There, there's a lot of gray area in here and we're all trying to move it in the right direction. Yeah. And that's, um, I'll speak for myself. That's one of the things I liked about CrossFit so much is, um, every day was different. Every day was a new learning for me. And as someone in the field of education and as a scholar, I'm always trying to learn new things, always looking for that, always reading things, researching things. Um, and so when I, I joined the gym, um, that was one of the things that I liked about it so much is because um, there's always something new to learn. I always have a question I wanna ask. I always learn by watching the person in front of me um, do the movement. Um, and so that for me has just been a constant learning and growth area. So um, that's why one of the motivational factors for coming as often as I do. Yeah, that's great. And I, when you were saying before about when you are talking in your staff meetings about kind of, what is it, creating the environment or I'm sorry, constructing the, I can't remember the exact wording you use, but kind of constructing the environment of room for growth. And I, I think about the traditional, what we call gym experience, where Monday is leg day, Tuesday is chest day, Wednesday is arms or whatever, right? But every week you go in and it's the same thing. You plug your headphones and you probably listen to the same playlist that's titled like, you know, pump up music or whatever. But it's, you don't really get outside of your zone too much versus 
going into a place where it's, it's some new variation on a workout. Maybe you've done it a long time ago, or it's a, it's a play on things that you've done before, but you're with different people. Uh, you're engaging in dialogue back and forth. You have people giving you feedback and it's just a much more rich environment when you, you have that growth mindset and you're seeking that, that kind of constant growth. Oh gosh, for sure. And one thing I can say about myself and just going to the gym with my headphones on and saying, okay, I'll do, you know, 30 minutes of treadmill and then leg day or whatever. It's just way too easy to cheat. Mm -hmm. You know, I be on the treadmill for 20 minutes. I'm like, uh, that's, that's good. Now I'll move on. Okay. I'll do 10 of these or whatever. And, um, when you're in an environment where people are constantly challenging you, um, and challenging your movement, your brain, so your mind-body coming together, um, it just makes a complete difference. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to recognize too, Jennifer, that that isn't necessarily a failure of, of you as a person or me as a person, right? Because we all, I think if everyone is honest with themselves, uh, there are outliers, but whether it's on the treadmill or in some other area of your life, it's really easy in isolation to let things kind of slide or to just, you know, shave off a, a, a 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And it's, it's generally a, more of a systemic issue. I think it's that the system or the setting wasn't set up correctly. The context isn't there. If you, if I ask you like, so um, just as an example here, what's your favorite TV show? Oh my gosh. My favorite TV show. Um, probably big, big bang theory. Big Bang Theory. Good. I, we love watching that one. You got a really good kick out of him. But um, do you have to force yourself to watch that? Oh, no. Yeah. You, you look yeah. forward to it, right? It's an, it's a, you're in uh, an environment that, that you enjoy and you're doing something that you look forward to. And when you make the gym like that, all of a sudden it, it feels more natural. It's, I think about the book um, um, atomic habits. And he talks about how, when we're building a habit, if it's something that you don't enjoy doing, you're not going to continue doing it. And, uh, exercise in and of itself, isn't the most fun experience, but if you create a positive environment where you feel challenged, you feel encouraged, there's some laughter and levity and challenge. It, it, it all comes together and, uh, can make a really neat setting that encourages people. And all of a sudden, then it doesn't become a willpower issue. It becomes uh, something that you do as an extension of yourself. Yeah. And I had two thoughts while you were talking. Um, the first of which is working out on your own can be a very lonely type of thing. You know, again, headphones in, you've got your own agenda. You walk in, you've got your on your own um, schedule and your own path. And there's maybe 50 people working around, around you working out, doing the same thing. But that discussion and conversation and building a community just isn't there. Mm. So, um, and some people like that. Um, I don't think it's completely optimal, especially now having experienced a lot of loneliness through a pandemic, mm -hmm. right? And so to be surrounded by people, like-minded people with similar goals is um, really inspiring and motivating. Um, and it does, it does make you want to go much like your metaphor of the, of the TV show. It's not, it doesn't become work then. Right. Mm -hmm. The minute it feels like work, then it, it might be time to do something else. But mm -hmm. if it feels like um, recreation and entertainment and um, you're doing it, you know, right for yourself, um, it's all worth it. That's a, I've never thought of it that way before, Jennifer. So at a at a traditional gym, let's say we're talking about the headphone model at a traditional gym. You aren't alone, but you're lonely. 
right? It's you're in isolation um, versus the kind of simple act of getting everyone on the same page at the same time and taking the headphones out forces forces interaction. And right. but that that interaction just organically creates you know connection and meaning, uh, which is beautiful. And I think very similar in, in nature to education. You know, we look at in terms of, of education, we look at needing teachers to help teach us things. And I think the same is true of, of uh, you know, physicality or music or whatever it happens to be. Like you can do it on your own. I can read books on my own, but when I have someone to help me synthesize the information, to have dialogue with about it, it's, it's a much more rich experience. And I can, I, I bypass having to go through all the, the, trials and, and tribulations that they went through when they were doing it or that they had to learn the hard way. And it, it allows you to really just take, hit that, that next level so much quicker. And we have these guides in all areas of our life, whether we name them formally or not, but it's such an important part of growing up and, and being an adult is that learning doesn't stop when you graduate school, right? It, it continues on, at least I believe it should, uh, to have a, a, a more enriching life. 100%. And um, I had a, a really great mentor when I started at Hamlin. She's now retired and we're still really good friends. We're in a book club together and, and it is about you know sharing those ideas and creating a common experience, but bringing your own different experiences um, um, to the table for those discussions. And she taught me a long time ago that about the importance of community. And really that is what it's all about is being a member of something and feeling like you're special as a member of that community. And um, I, that's what this gym has brought to my life. And that's what I try to bring into my classes, even when I'm teaching online and I don't always get to see the faces of the people that I, I teach if I'm doing an online class, but that creating a sense of community, creating it so people say, oh, what welcome email is she going to send this week that's going to make me, you know, that's going to inspire me to work with kids or inspire me in my own life. Um, and that's what I get from coming to Southpaw. I've met some just amazing people who have continued to become mentors in my life, whether they know it or not, um, because I feel part of that community and they've made me feel part of it. Um, and that's really what, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. It's what everything's all about. That's what education's all about. And that's what happens um, in the CrossFit gym is the coaches, whether they view themselves this way or not, are really educators. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big, a big tie in there. I love what you said about feeling special because I, I think about this a lot. We, I'm seeing my my uh, grandparents who I, I love dearly are are getting you know up there in age and my my parents are uh, helping care for them quite a bit and we're raising our son and you get into this part stage of life where you're doing all this stuff but you kind of like everything is about the fringes more so and you know understandably and, and rightfully so but it's just nice periodically to be able to, to shine a spotlight on someone and say hey like look at all this cool stuff they do or like look at what they did today and and someone knows their name right they're 
they can celebrate their accomplishments. They get, they lift 10 more pounds than they did the week before, or they get their first 10 inch box jump or whatever it is. And those are, are little things, but they make a big deal because it's like, we're all just humans and you know, not to be narcissistic, but we, it's, it's great to feel valued. Yeah. It's great to feel valued. And it's great to feel, have somebody help you feel like you can do it. Mm-hmm. So that box jump. Right. When I first started, I couldn't, I, I just stared at it. I was so afraid that I, all I could think about is what if, what if I trip, what if I scrape my shin, you know, who's watching, what if somebody's watching and I, and I fail at it and I was made to feel like I could do it. And it took me quite a few practice times and it took me, you know, getting out of my own head um, because somebody was standing there saying, you know what? you can do this. I'm going to be here with you. We're going to do it together. You know, one, two, three, let's, let's go. And, um, I'll tell you that first jump was, was, it was literally great. kind of a leap of faith, right? That's right. That's right. And that that's, those feelings, whether big or small, um, I, I don't know that's creates those defining moments. You don't forget those. Yeah. No, you, you'll, that'll be etched in your memory for a long time. Yeah. And those yeah. I think are the, I, those are so special as a coach, I get goosebumps. Um, I love that stuff. The, that question, what if is, is really interesting. And I, I was, I don't remember where I heard it and maybe I'll have to cite it later, but I tend to do the same thing. I think biologically, when we ask, what if we're programmed to into this protective survival mode, what if I fall? What if I hurt myself? What if someone sees me do that? But what if we flip it and say, what if I succeed? What if I get it? Right. And, and I was going into, uh, had a tough conversation recently. And as you know, you, you dread it. It's coming up, you know, you're like counting down the time. You can't stop thinking about it. And I was just, I realized that I was like, what if this goes terribly? What if I get yelled at? What, you know, whatever. And, uh, and then I flipped it and I was like, what if it goes really well? And it agreed. And it, it didn't, it went about as I had predicted, which was so, so, but, um, when I thought started thinking about it differently, and my I had a, a physical reaction to it. I, I felt that my stomach wind down, like I was breathing deeper, right? And it's it's interesting, and it's not easy to do that stuff, though it sounds great. But it's um uh, that's exactly what happens. And just the more of those moments that you have, the box jumps that you get, or the the little victories, they they add up, and and you find yourself, you know. Um, being willing to do those tough things in other areas of your life. Yeah. I don't know why our minds go to the negative first, you know, those what if thoughts all of a sudden take us to the negative. And so I, I really appreciate what you said about flipping the narrative and um, well, what if it goes well, you know, yeah. that tends to fall secondary. So that's, that's something I'll take from this conversation is um, to constantly flip that and make that be primary and the negative secondary, or maybe even not at all. It's tough. It, it really yeah. is, Jennifer. And I'm, uh, so I'm actually going into a course here coming up uh, about language and, and breath work. Um, and I've been digging into it quite a bit recently. And it's fascinating thinking about the words that you use that, and we use primarily subconsciously that create the narrative that we live. And I'm, what I'm hoping to take out of this, it's a, a coaching certification course, but I'm hoping that it will, will be able to um, tie it into what we do with fitness. And so we have this combination of, 
you know, feeling empowered based on what you do every day. And then also um, being able to kind of help create that narrative as we go and, and transform it from a negative one to one that feels empowering and takes ownership and is more intentional. Um, and I'm, I'm fascinated. I nerd out over that stuff, but I think it'll be a cool uh, a new element to bring to the gym that I'm excited for. Yeah, it makes a difference. There's a lot of research on teacher language in, yeah. in education. And I, I, I too think it's, it's fascinating. And it's also growth mindset language yeah. too. You know, what's the question you're going to ask or um, what is the critical feedback that you're going to give? Um, and how does that create a different thought process in the person you're interacting with? Yeah, mm -hmm. it, would, it makes a big difference. That's and this great. is the... The idea of of how we breathe too and we have i noticed it i noticed when i started paying attention to it that i did a lot of chest breathing through my mouth right and that what's interesting is it puts us into a parasympathetic state so i have a, a note on my laptop actually says low and slow but you breathe deep into your stomach through your nose and it, it puts you into more of a sympathetic state it slows your heart rate down it slows your your body goes out of fight or flight mode and it um you're more intentional with your words and it, it's just fascinating to see these little things, little changes that you can make that, that when you put them into application can have a remarkable impact on, on your life and the lives of those around you. And yeah. we have a whole generation of, of people, whole world of people who are chest breathing, right? And it's no wonder everyone is so wound tight all the time. And so, um, and there are all sorts of contributing factors to that, right? It's not just breathing, but that's one that I think of uh, is I'm trying to control in myself more. And uh, it's not, it's not about the information. And I think I'd be interested to hear your take on this. We have so much information now. We have more information in the palm of our hand than ever before in history, but we, we don't have the application side of it. It's like, I'll read these awesome books or self-help books or whatever you want to call it. And then I don't do anything from it, right? I can tell you all about it, but I don't do any of it. And so I love what you said, like take one thing away or find an action item, right? And just work that one thing. And that's something that we try to do with our coaching as well as once you have the basics down, things are safe. Like let's dial in one thing each time and just layer it on. That makes me think of um, establishing good habits. There's, I'll probably get the numbers wrong, but it was something like you have to three, do it for three months before it becomes a habit mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't know if that's exactly right, but it sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, but sustaining it for a long period of time um, can be a challenge, but that's that whole like mind body working mm -hmm. together and to be um, mentally and physically healthy. It's not just one or the other, but both. Mm -hmm. So some of what you're talking about was I started thinking about mindfulness and um, being aware of how I'm feeling right now and what the situation is and how I'm interacting within that context. Um, and then remembering that, see, and I jotted that down already. I'm taking notes while we're talking. I love that. I'm a note taker. Down on my sticky note, the low and slow. Yeah. You know what? You have to be aware of that and before it becomes that natural. What are what are things that you do to try to increase your mindfulness? Um, I've gotten better at it um, over the last couple of years. Um, prior to joining CrossFit, um, 
I was just coming off a really stressful academic year. I was very sedentary in my job life. Um, and I would find excuses not to go to a gym. And finally, one day I just said, you know what, that's it. I've got to take it, get a handle on this. And um, so I've become much better. And I went on sabbatical for work. And that's when I started at the CrossFit gym. And I've, um, there's people that I work out with regularly who are really good at this kind of thing. And they're really good at stepping back and um, listening to their body and really listening to their mind, if that makes sense too. Mm -hmm. So I've learned a lot from other people. Um, I occasionally journal. I'd like to say I'm really good at it every night, but I do, I do journal. I also keep a calendar of what days I go work out mm. because I feel like the visual impact of that um, for me makes, I just look at the calendar and go, oh my gosh, look at It's only been you know, 15 times when it should be 20 or 25 or, you know, whatever. So I said, I guess I set those mini goals. I like and that. I think the other mindfulness practice that sometimes people forget that I try to do is celebrating those small wins. Mm -hmm. um, so I gave the example of the box jump, which was a big win for me, but it might be a small win for someone else. But sometimes the small win is just getting to the gym, you know, 10 minutes early. So you're not rushed and you have time to talk to people. Like there's nothing worse than coming in right at um, the coach talking through what the, what the workout is, you know, um, or maybe it's going four days instead of three this week. Um, so I try to do those kinds of things. Um, the other thing I've done is I've become a little bit more sharing of myself. I'm mm -hmm. not really, sometimes I think people don't, don't need to know anything about me. I, Mm -hmm. I come to the gym and I work out. That's all you need to know. Yeah. But sharing um, a little bit more about your life, about your likes, about your dislikes, about what your interests are and what you're doing, um, that creates a, a different sort of mindset and mindfulness, I think, because that adds to that community piece. But it also, um, you feel like people care. So yeah. then you care. That's it. There is so much good stuff in there, Jennifer, and some things that I have, like I workout calendar. I love the idea of that. Um, but I want to, what you were talking about with sharing, I think is a big point and it's an authentic sharing. And I had an experience recently. I got on a Zoom call with a guy um, who's been a mentor of mine. And it was the first time I had talked to this person. Okay. So I was kind of nervous, kind of excited. And I sign on. And he's, he talks real low and gruff. He goes, hey, Nick, how are you doing? I go, I'm good. How are you? And, and he goes, are you really good? The first thing he said, I go, I, I think I'm good. He goes, well, why are you good? And I like sat there and had to like think about it. And he goes, and so then I was like, you know what? I actually, I feel very, uh, my, my, I'm, I'm very relaxed. I had a really good morning coaching. He was like, so why don't you say that? So he had me get up, walk out of the room and walk back in and sit down. I had to do that three times. But wow. at the end of it, I was very in tune with like the, the feelings of my body and how I was doing in relation to my day. And it was just a very interesting way of looking at it. Right. And in terms of like authentically communicating how we're doing, um, I, you know, there are times that you can't do that or don't have the awareness of it, but just being more mindful of what's really going on inside of us, why we're feeling that way or this way. Is it necessary that we feel that way? Is there something we can do about it or do we need to reach out to somebody else? What you said about 
going, you know, you had a sedentary lifestyle and you found every excuse not to go to the gym. Uh, a, a story that I like to, to give to people or an analogy is, it's like when you were young and your parents would make you, you know, brush your teeth, right? And they, you know, every night you complain about it, you whine about it. And now that you're old, you do it by yourself automatically. You've built that habit, right? But you had to have other people there to help guide you to that point. And I, I view that a lot of kind of what we do as coaches is that this is something that we've done for whatever reason in our lives. And we get to give that to you guys. And then you guys turn around and you go light the world up with all the stuff that you're doing, teaching, you know, being a doctor, a, a mother, a father, whatever it is. And, and you pass that on to your skill sets of what you're gifted with and good at. And it's this symbiotic nature. And, you know, we need our cars repaired. We go to people who work at the gym, right? It's, it's all, it all relates. Oh, for sure. And when I, you were talking about the teeth brushing, I was thinking now as, as an adult, you can't even imagine not brushing your teeth. I mean, just I think know. what an icky feeling to not, right? And so to um, create those habits um, in positive environments, it does make you think, well, what would my life be like without that? Well, that would yeah. be maybe an icky feeling. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that analogy. Yeah. And it, it is interesting. I think once you get into, once you start exercising more, it's, it's like, you know, people, members of our gym will go on vacation. They're like, I stopped in at this gym and that gym, or I went for a run along the beach or whatever. And it's just like a thing that they do now, you know, which is, is great. It's, it's like that that whole mental battle of, do I get off the couch today? Oh, I, I worked a little bit longer, my foot sore, whatever. And you, there's a million excuses, right? But it, as when you stop having to, it's like you stop making the excuses and you just look for a way to do it or get it done. Not every day and not all the time, but it just, all of a sudden it goes from being this big, like mental hurdle every day. Like one of the ways that I lose mindfulness is I just, I feel like I have all these tabs open in my head, right? It's like these things rumbling around. And when I can offload them by just not having to make a decision about them, right? It's just like, oh, I'm just going to do it, right? It's just simple. And then I don't have to think about it anymore. And it, it yeah. just makes it one less thing that's rumbling around in my head. And I can be more present and aware with how, how I'm doing today or what I need to do. Yeah, there's this um, business strategy that I use. Um for part of my mindfulness that connects to what you're saying. And I don't I even know what it's strategy. <laughs> yeah, this is the integration of education yeah. and health and, and business. Um, I don't even know what it stands for, but I read an article about it and you're supposed to take your most difficult task and do it first. Maybe mm. it's the longest task. Maybe it's the most mind taxing tax task. Maybe it, maybe uh, maybe you're not feeling it for fitness today. So that is your, your most daunting task. Mm -hmm. And it's called your frog, you know, mm -hmm. F-R-O-G. And you take a sticky note and you stick your sticky note on the first thing you look at in the morning and you look at the word frog. And then you are reminded to go do the hardest thing first. Huh. And sometimes that might be going to the gym and sometimes that might just be something related to work. But as another visual reminder of get the frog done. Get, yeah. the, get the frog out of the way, you know, um, and like you'll that. feel better because you accomplished it and you, you have the mindset that I'm going to do it. And, um, 
when you're done, it is that's when you celebrate those small wins is when those are done. I got to do that too. I got to start writing that one. I like that because <laughs> it's, it, it is often, it's like, at least I do this and I, I assume there are others out there too that when there's something I'm not looking forward to, I try like hell to put it off. It's like, oh, I, I got too busy today. And really like, I've just made a bunch of work for myself and then I don't have time for it, right? But I've been thinking yeah. about it all day. It's been ruminating in my head. And as soon as I just do it, um, a former uh, boss of mine used to call it the, the monster in the closet. It's like, as soon as you open yeah. the door, you realize it's like this little mouse, right? But you've been envisioning a monster. Yep. And it, you know, it's one of those things, again, that I, I say, but it's very different to actually do it. And that's something that I struggle with and I'm, I'm trying to work on. And I think it all is, it's all related. There's probably some grand theory of life that is sitting right in front of us that we're missing. But until then, we'll keep putting the pieces together. Yeah. Confront the mo monster and get and finish the frog. Finish the frog. <laughs> we're going to write a book. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, this is great. I We didn't even get into how you got into CrossFit and all of that, but I, I love what we talked about. That'll be, um, that'll have to be um, another episode down the road. So um, thank you so much for coming on today and for your time. Well, thanks a lot. And thanks for everything you do. Um, my last statement will be that um, CrossFit and this gym has changed my life. As somebody who um, didn't have a ton of social relationships, who is a workaholic, um, loved, loved, loved my job, um, but didn't have the kinds of social relationships and did not take care of myself physically, which then impacts you mentally. Um, it has a thousand percent um, changed my life for the better. So thanks to Southpaw and thanks for all of the great people um, that I've met there. That means a lot, Jennifer. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad I didn't stop recording before you said that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. It's, it's always a pleasure having you in class and uh, can't wait to see where this journey takes you. Thanks, Nick. Thanks a lot.